0: Drink it in, man. Back, pressure, Drive. Gonna get hit. Gonna go down. Sack back outside the 50-yard line. Singy did it!
1: Never!
0: Drink it in, man. They've
1: got a man wide open. Golden with the 10. Golden with the five. Golden to the house. Touchdown the Trent Lions! There it is! Been looking for that all night! Stafford! Cornbread!
0: Touchdown Detroit Lions! Drink it in Detroit Kool-Aid. What is going on, everybody? We are back, and we are here talking about another W for our Lions here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I think I got somebody else here with me. It's my buddy, Grifka. Grifka, what's going on, man?
1: Hey, man. Just spent, spent a lot of time enjoying some cheese over the weekend, so uh, happy to get a big W.
0: You were enjoying cheese. I was grading some cheese, Griff. I was cutting some some cheese into little slices. Oh man, it, it was tremendous. So we're going to talk all about that on today's show. Uh, but before we do, we just want to hit on a couple little side items or a couple little news and notes as we normally do. So, Griffka, it was our number two Matt Pat locker room celebration video. Did you check it out? What'd you think?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, that one that uh, seemed to be a little, uh, I guess. Uh... A little better than the first one. Uh, the team seemed to come around a little quicker than the last time. The last one almost seemed like he got, you know, all the way in there. He was almost like looking for people to hug. This one uh, seemed a little different. So uh, I was happy to see that. Maybe the, maybe the team is finally
0: starting to buy into the stuff. I I even I saw it a little differently. Like I thought he had, he had to say, come on, gather him up, let's go. But then uh, I just like the way he spoke to the team. He was kind of – You know, again, saying, you know, this is what we play for. You know, that was fun going into bye week. And then my favorite part is how he capped it off. So he got everybody around, hyped him up. Everybody, of course, loves it when you can get a victory. And then he set them up for the, the victory Mondays or see you Wednesday, as most of the NFL people said. And then he's like, we'll check you for meetings tomorrow. <laughs> Which, uh, again, just sort of keeps them on track that, you know, we're not taking vacay yet, but uh, it will be nice to take this win into the bye week. So always great to see the uh, the team win and Matt Pat having some success. So So we love that here on the podcast. Uh, the other thing I thought, you know, we, we just have to sort of get ahead of the game and talk about is, uh, you know, Ziggy practiced all week last week and then didn't show. Are you surprised by that, Grifka? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't Is think that a clear so. answer. No. Yeah. I mean, our, our boy carry got dinged up after an incredible run. I mean, we'll talk about him uh, when we do the Packers review here. But we so we got we got Ziggy carry and TJ three main cogs of this team that are a little bit dinged or have some injuries that we're hoping maybe they can get over in the bye week or can return to this team. because I think that really help us. Uh, you see any or all those guys coming back after we get uh, get back here and playing some football um
1: i was reading that uh carrion said he could have went back in if needed so yeah. um i i figured that's what i kind of thought it didn't look terrible he was kind of walking around on the sideline i'm sure that's something that he would have been able to tough out if it was like a close game and they really needed him uh tj i don't know how bad his concussion is um i know at some point i read uh that uh, matt Pat's expecting him back at some point this year they i just don't know if it'll be after the uh after the buy or not, simply, I mean, cause he just looked terrible. I mean, his eyes were like, you know, look like slot machines, man. You could see almost like birds tweeting around his head, you know, like an old <laughs> Wiley coyote cartoon, but yeah, um, he might be out a little longer than that, you know, based on the way he looked. Um, Ziggy, I mean, I've heard some rumors and stuff like that, but, uh,
0: what, what rumors have can you talk heard? About that. What rumors have you heard? Uh, that they, didn't come from your own head about how you hate this guy? Uh,
1: the, uh, they're kind of pu- the Lions' organization is kind of pulling the same thing that they did with DeAndre Levy, that uh, they're not playing him that way because what Levy was a free agent, and that way if he played and so showed good, he was going to walk anyways, and uh, that way he couldn't get a big payday. And it came to it came to light after you know Levy retired or you know quit that his injury wasn't that bad, and that's kind of what I'm hearing here that. Uh, <laughs> that Ziggy's injury is not that bad and they're not playing him. So he can't go out there and, you know, sh- you know, show his stats and, you know, rack up. So somebody like the New York giants goes out and overpays him, you know, because chances are, you know, he's probably paid as, you know, this year is going to be his last year in Detroit, no matter what. So, uh, that's, that's just what I heard. Like I said, I, I don't know if any of that's true or not, but, uh, I mean, it's kind of odd though. You know, it seems like what he practiced uh, the week before he was he practiced. You know, he he wasn't in full practice, but he did some stuff last week. It sounded like he did a lot more, and then he still didn't play on Sunday. So,
0: I I'm not quite for sure. That's that's like I said. It's all I've heard though. <laughs> um, we gotta check the sources of Grifka here because I I don't buy any of that garbage. I think this guy is just like Matt Pat said. Um, you know, he's hurt. He's working to get back. When he's back. He'll help us. Uh, I don't know why they would want to do any Grifka conspiracy to uh, hold him back so he didn't get stats, so he can't get a contract. That that makes no sense to me whatsoever. So um, I, think, I think this guy could and should and hopefully will be back after the bye week. And, again, I'm not a fan of him missing all these games. I'm not a fan of his price tag. But this guy rushes the passer and makes plays. And I would love to put him back on this defense because we know we need – All the help we can get. So rather than bag on your sources anymore, Grifker, or your your theories. That's not
1: my conspiracy, man. That's just – like I said, that's that's just something I heard. I'm not – like I said, I'm not saying it's true or not. It's just something I heard. Oh, man, so, uh, that's
0: garbage. I uh, I hadn't heard that at all, and just I don't buy it. But but it leads me into my last because you don't point. talk to
1: the right sources. You talk to all the ones like make it sound like he's like, oh yeah, he'll be back home oh, against Miami. He's awesome. He's great. We should resign him. Blah blah blah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. you're, you're you're not the Adam Schefter of the pre- of the podcast, Grufka. I mean, I, I don't know who these what are you talking about.
1: Are. I get calls from the Detroit from my sources at the lines at two thirty in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, you know, right. it's like and I'm just like, it's two thirty in the morning. Call me later.
0: We Bill Keenis, have your personal line, is that what it is?
1: Uh yeah, team Historians huge. It's you know, it's gonna he's gonna write down oh, Ziggy was the best pass rusher we've had since, you know, uh Robert Porsche. So
0: <laughs> Well it's only fitting to say couple more for Grifka. <laughs> uh, so I Come on give me a real question. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> Next question, something else. Well, I got one more question for you actually before we do this awesome review of the uh of the Swiss cheese that we played on Sunday. And I have it in big, bold print, Grifka. And it's Dave Burkett, your boy, Dave Burkett. So we're talking about Ziggy, and we're talking about Pat, And so we got to add Dave Burkett in there. This this jabron comes to the press conference, and the first question – I mean, can we get the first question like it used to back in the day to a Mike O'Hara, a 20 man somebody that, like, you know, asks – not only an intelligent question, but a question that they know will get answered because they work for the team or because the guy actually respects them. So Dave Briquette steps up and he goes, um, you know, do you have any concerns about Ziggy's uh, contract impacting his injury? And then Matt Pat just stares him down for a little while and goes, next question. Can we talk about something that actually means something or is just not a waste of my time? Like, I mean, this guy, he he thinks he's a reporter. He thinks that he's like breaking news when really he's just wasting everyone's time with these questions that not only are they not going to answer, but I mean, he just made that up in his head. I mean, he's talking to the same sources you have, Grifka, just making up things in his head and then thinking it's news like this is just garbage. I mean, I'm tired of this guy.
1: Okay, I don't know how you want me to just respond to your tirade there. I mean, is that really a question, or is that you just kind of going <laughs> off on Dave Burkett?
0: Well, I'm going off I mean, on Dave Burkett. Like I said, but you if, might as well he, defend him. You, you love him.
1: You love this guy. Oh, I don't. I don't love the guy. It's not like I read his stuff. It's not like I got like his articles like posted in a scrapbook at my house. But uh, you don't. I mean, geez, I mean, like I said, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Ziggy's like practicing and he's walking through last week. He practices more and all of a sudden, you, you know, he wakes up with a, you know, a hangnail, you know, Sunday, you know, and he can't play, you know I mean? So uh, I don't know. Like I said, maybe he is talking to the same sources that I, that, that that call me at 2.30 in the morning and Adam Schefter at, you know, 2.35. I mean, I don't know what you want
0: from me. So so Dave Burkett thinks it's fun when when he knows this team doesn't talk about injuries And he knows Jim Caldwell used to not talk about injuries. And the one time this guy gets asked a question at press conference, hey, uh, can you give us any information on Jamal Agnew's injury? And the guy just looks at him like, "Uh, you know, we've been over this time and time again. And then I'm sure Dave Burkett to his bunch of misfits is like, well, I'm doing my job. I'm in there grinding away. I'm asking the hard questions. Like, no, you're asking these questions that, People are just turning a blind eye to because one, they're well, not going to answer. you know answer. his bosses. Well, you know his
1: bosses are probably going to, you know, probably tell him you got to ask it. You got to ask <laughs> it. It's like when you go to the gas station, they ask if you want to buy two candy bars for two bucks. You know, you know, you're not going to buy them because you're not in the mood for a Mars bar and a Snickers. So, you know, you want to spend two bucks on candy bars. So, you know, their bosses are like, you know, you got to ask them. Oh. You know, so I mean, that's
0: that's like that's all. It that's is the back. worst answer in in life because. If you say I have to ask it, but I know no one's going to buy, just like Dave Burkett thinks he has to ask these questions knowing he's not going to get an answer, like what's the end result of both of those, Grifka? One is no sales and the other one is no answer to your question. Like they're both a waste of everything. Like you, you gain nothing. Like, I'm not
1: disagreeing with you. I'm not all
0: about I'm not disagreeing doing things with to you. do them. This guy This guy needs to stop like posting things he thinks are humorous on Twitter. He needs to stop just wasting everyone's well, time here's an
1: idea stop following him on twitter if you don't like what he's posted
0: <laughs> I mean, oh i just i don't don't complain about he, it he, and then he like, makes good gosh
1: he does stupid stuff on twitter i, I should unfollow him or whatever it's called <laughs> I mean, he like, makes
0: then don't then don't follow him I mean, he makes who cares? he makes good podcast topics and i'm tired of him wasting my time in the press conference and trying to be a hard ass when really like this is just okay. this is just like ridiculous it's like he thinks he's like battling it out with the coach or like I don't know I got so many issues with the guy I can't understand it but I mean
1: okay so he's not Woodward and Bernstein he's like a local hack okay I got it
0: I want to talk about a Packers victory Grifka because I'm done with your boy
1: yeah let's talk about the Packers game okay
0: Grifka this Sunday Aaron Rodgers and his smug smile walked right into forward field. He loafed around for the four quarters worth of football. He thought he was going to beat us regardless. He had no receivers, no nothing. We're coming off a bad loss in in Dallas, and our Detroit Lions drop a 24-zip score out of the gates. We get great opportunities from Aquara, Deshaun Hand, Carry-on look good again. Old Kenny Boy was doing things. Uh, you know, making plays, pretty much putting up the points that we had predicted the previous week. Got that W. I mean, talk to me a little bit about this game or just how it started for the Lions.
1: Okay, first of all, I want to I, – if you go back to our last podcast, I predicted a score of 30 to 24. So oh, Yeah. I, I went. I went on the point. I so. checked the tape. That, um, was, that um, was good work. I wasn't
0: yeah. far off. I had thirty-five, twenty-eight. So we were we were both yep. in the
1: in the range, which is good stuff. All I know. The biggest thing is that game. At one point, that game was so freaking awesome in the first half, where Mason Crosby just kept kicking the ball like a high schooler. You know, trying to hit the trying to hit you know something. And he was just completely missing. I'm, like the first one, I'm just like, wow, he missed it. You know, because that game, that guy always seemed to like you know make kicks against the Lions, and then it's just like, he miss a second one. Then I'm like, oh, my gosh, man. He just keeps missing. It was like it's starting to get painful. After his third one, I just laughed. I'm like, this is awesome. And I just remember at halftime, I texted some friends, and I'm just like, this game is like Bizarro World. It, it really was. like the stuff that was happening in that game. It seemed like the Lions would make those mistakes, and like the Packers would always capitalize in the pass, but it was just completely different. Don't do time. that, Griff. Bill. And actually
0: don't got, do that. What? Don't, don't do what? the old, Hey, oh, let me talk. Don't, no, no, talk. I'm breaking and in. And then you can go back and bust I, on I, me. I'm because, breaking in know, on that one because I don't want any of this uh, stuff. I have to hear Monday through Friday on sports talk radio. Oh, they look like the lions out there. Oh, that'll always happen to our lions. Like you, you, that's loser mentality.
1: Grifka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um,
0: <laughs> good, good one. Know,
1: back back to me commenting, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Loser mentality. You know, like, you know, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay's first touchdown being called back for something stupid that the Lions did. You're right. That was was something like other teams would do. But okay. Um, Anyway, so uh, it was another thing like uh, that first turnover that uh, once again, I got an argument with one of my other friends that saying that was like, you know, you can never complain about the refs again. You know, that, that never, you know, that didn't touch the guy. I'm like, at first it went off his arm and then it like hit his back. And, you know, he's like, no, it went off his, it went off his hand. And, you know, you can't complain. And I'm just like, well, okay, even if the Lions got a call, you know, big deal. I mean, they deserve it. Who cares? But they capitalized on that. It started at the fast start. It got some momentum with that defense. And that was, you know, they, there was times, don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers was just kind of standing back there, but there were certain plays like, you know, he, he, it's like with him just standing back there at points. He must his clock was like off in his head because there were points like he would just like even Chris Spielman saying it's like he's got he has to have his clock in his head. He has to know what's happening. I think he's just so used to like you know playing like you said like we said before like he just kind of feasts on the lines he used to them not being touched by them that he's just gonna stand back there all day and lines got pressure on him at certain points which uh, really messed up his game even though you know he didn't have his. Wide receivers that you know, I mean, had Devonte Adams, but you know, really nobody else. So the Lions, you know, got that first score. They got the confidence going, and like you said, they just blew out to 24 twenty-four-zero starts, just capitalizing on all the uh, Packers miscues. So, I mean, that was a it was it was great to watch, and uh, you know, uh, it really made my Sunday.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, it it was it was much needed. You know, it was one of those swing games. We had both kind of called it a must win. Um, Let's break down this a little bit farther. So, you know, you hit on a lot there. When I'm thinking about this game, I just felt like they came out with a little more juice, as we talked about. They came out with a little more sense of urgency, kind of putting up points, you know, from the get go. Um, I had a real issue, Griffka, with that hands to the face. Sounds like you were fine with it. But that touchdown to Kenny, deep one, I want to say it was 45, 50 yards that like came off the board with a very light brush of the face mask like Frank Ragnow. I mean, I thought that was questionable at best. And, I mean, come on, this is football. I'm so sick of all these flags, as I've said on multiple shows now. So I, I feel like that was a big penalty. I know later in the game, Marvin had a – TD taken off the board on a penalty. So, you know, it could have been a lot more points and a much better day for Matt Stafford. But I felt like, uh, you know, I mean, let's hit on it right now. Second quarter, Grifka, Matt Stafford throws a just a basically a, a 50-50 ball to Kenny Galladay over there on the left sideline. And this guy goes up and just snatches it with his tips of his fingers. Not only does that – gets turned upfield, makes a couple moves, 60 yards later, we're knocking on the door. I mean, you had to love that play.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's uh, one of those plays that can be a backbreaker for a defense that uh, the Packers, you know, came off a shutout of, you know, Buffalo, uh, the week before Buffalo just went into Minnesota and just beat the crap out of the Vikings. So that's one of those plays that just can take a little, you know, take some wind out of the sails of the Packers' defense. That thought, you know, oh, we're coming off a shutout, this team, blah, blah, blah. And that, and that can be like a, a real backbreaker considering the way that game was going. So, yeah, that was a
0: that was a great play. I really feel like Kenny this year, you know, has had good numbers, but he he just seems like anything that's been in his area, he's been able to, to haul down. I mean, I want to say he has – a Couple where you like, oh, he should have had it. But most of the time, if it's if it's around him, he's catching it. And a guy that big that can still run after catch and can make people miss. Or I still don't even feel like we've we've seen him whatsoever. Basically in the red zone. I mean, he had a touchdown late in this game, which was a red zone touchdown, but it wasn't a. It wasn't a use of his size or anything like that. It just kind of a nice little short route that he, uh, he got to the end zone on. So I think when we get to see him in the red zone as jump balls or kind of beasting his man with his size, I think that's going to be really uh, great to see. But man, like I say, he just keeps putting on a show and, uh, you know, it's people are getting real hype now calling them, you know, number one and, and calling them all these different things. I, you know, I still want to be a little bit careful, but man, I mean that to me, that play got us off the side talk. Well, let me talk about the, uh, the punt. So I feel as well, like, you know, that seemed to be one of those is pretty clear. I didn't think we were going to get it, but I mean, I was just glad again to see a call go our way. One that really wasn't, I mean I I feel like a lot of times they are sticking with the call or they are if it's inconclusive you know they're going with again what they called on the field so I was happy to see it I was really surprised but I I think that's a huge play in the game you know flip a field I think that came after the you know the hands to the face that took the touchdown off the board so it almost felt you know apropos to me to get that call and then uh Ball never yeah, lies. Yeah, thank you, Rasheed. And uh, I think, uh-huh. um, what would you think about? Uh, it, it was kind of nice to see, even though like we kind of would like carry on to get one of them at least. But nice to see Legarrette Blunt pound those two in from the one without too much resistance.
1: Yeah, that I like that because that means the uh, offensive line is actually pushing somebody forward. I mean, I I know there's plenty of times we've seen that in the past where they try to get one yard and they get stuffed for like a two yard loss because the defense knows that that's what they're going to try. Um, some of those close ones like that, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, a Matt Stafford QB sneak, but you know, they did have a lot of that line bunched up in there as well. So, you know, watching the be able to pound his way through into the end zone. Um, no real issues there. Um, I'm not, I'm not always sold on one of those guys like, Oh, this guy got us down there. Make sure you give him the ball. Um, I think there was times like Barry Sanders could have ran it in from there as opposed to bringing in Derek Moore like the lions always used to. But, uh, I, I'm fine with that you know uh, I think carry at that point right now uh, um, at least I hope he's at that point where uh, just you know just you know do what's best for the team you know let let Garrett get his stats you know you got plenty of career left you know something like that you know I, I hope he's not all getting all jealous because you know he's getting him down there you know he's you know putting up you know 35 yards rushing 40 yards rushing on a drive. And then, you know, when they get down, you know, inside the five, they put Blunt in there. I hope he's not, you know, taking that all personal or anything like oh. that. So, cause something, it sounds stupid, but something like that can really, you know, you know, kind of fracture an offense and even fracture a team. So uh, hopefully he's not feeling. No, that not at
0: all. I mean, on Johnson is a guy that super humble, you know, that whole running back room for the last few years has just been a, you know, cohesive unit. So I don't see anything like that. It did hurt a couple of my fantasy teams where I got carry on in there and he's not getting some of these uh, end zone looks. But yeah, I don't, I can care less. Whoever scores the touchdowns. And I like banging it in rather than, you know, I, I don't like it when Matt Stafford either exposes the ball over the top or when he uh, tries to force it in. I'd rather rather hand it off, you know, show our, show our strength up there in the O-line, push some people around and, and get that sucker in the end zone. So I thought that was good. Griffka, I was so happy. Like, I mean, seeing each kick got not only more funny, but more – I was, like, more hype about these missed kicks than I was, like, some of the scores that the Lions had. Like, to me, I was just going nuts, like, every time because – it was almost like, okay, he's missed three. You can't miss this next one, Kenny. And it was like, doo doo, wide again. Oh oh, missed it. Windy. It's windy in there. Oh man, I was just loving the guy's changing his shoes out, doing all this garbage. So, I mean, that was a comedy of errors, but I, I absolutely loved it. Got better every time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, to use a golf
1: term, he got the yips. Oh, definitely. You know, where it's just like. Yeah, he got the yips, and you're like, oh, I hit I hit it too far a little left, so you try to hit a little more right, and then you push it farther right, and it's just like, dang it, and then you're like, okay, maybe if I just go back to the middle, and then you end up pulling it again because you're stepping everything's off. Yeah, so he had the yips there, and uh, I uh, just what what kind of bugs me is this. Um, the next day, even that evening, I'm, like, reading stuff. I'm, like, listening to stuff, and people are like, well, you know, if he makes all those kicks and that extra point, you know, the Lions lose. And it's stuff like that what bugs me because – all I can think to myself is like, you, you think if he would have made those kicks, even from the first one, then the second one, you think maybe the Lions would have ran a little different offense at points? Because it obviously got in the fourth quarter, or even their defense, you know, at at some point, the the defense knew it's like, okay, the clock's on our side, you know, we're going to give them the underneath stuff, let them continue to drive, you know, you know drive down, you know, in small chunks, you know. You don't think the Lions would have played it a little different? I always hate that thing. Like, well, you know, if he makes all those kicks, they win. Well, I'm guessing probably the Lions, you know, play a little different than what they actually did at that point. You know, they, they don't, you know, continue, you know, they open up, the, they continue to have the offense open a little bit. The defense plays a little tighter down the field as opposed to just letting them, you know, march down. And then, you know, when they get in the red zone is when they tighten up. But, yeah, I, I always hate that when people do that. It's just like, oh, well, if they would have done this, they would have lost. Well, I'm thinking the other team would, I'm thinking the team that they were playing, you know, would have done something a little different, you know, so maybe it wouldn't have happened that way. I mean, Stafford was taking the shots downfield. I'm assuming they probably would have done that. I highly doubt if it's a one point game. It's like, okay, guys, let's get all conservative here. I highly doubt they would have done that. So, you know, all, all all the mixed kicks were great, but I hate when people do that. They're all like, well, you know, if this would have happened, they would have done this. Well, how do you know they would have played it exactly the same? I highly doubt it, you know, yeah. so Grifka. that's that's just me touching on that d
0: do, do you have any mirrors anywhere close? I never do that. What are you talking about <laughs> you You were the guy that only a week or two ago was saying if if Taylor Decker doesn't jump off sides in the second quarter, I mean that's what killed us no
1: i'm saying i'm saying I'm saying little things add up. I mean, what's, and that what's was the like,
0: difference? they had that in their own hands. What's the difference? Like, the the there's a big difference the haters out there are do, taking all these little things that added up to them not scoring that much and saying, what if? And you were saying, oh.
1: No, you're talking you're talking the difference between a blowout and a close game. Those, those games are going to be played different. Be a blowout and a close game? I'm not talking where the Lions have it in their own hands and they shoot themselves in the foot. I'm not talking, you know, stopping them on, you know, some guy jumping off sides and being able to get the ball back. I'm talking, you know, you're up, you know, either four points or you're up 24 points. You you play games different at that point. I mean, that's, I mean, once again, it's just like, yeah, you're that guy. It's just like, oh no, uh, you know, it's funny, but every play itself, you know, is, is a play unto its own. Well, yeah, you're right, but stuff still adds up. I mean, so whatever, man, just like keep keep going,
0: just like a bunch of missed field goals added up for them. But here's my point. Like I could care less to me. I'm going to agree with Grifka on this one. To me, all these missed field goals were like when me and you talked uh, about how we could care less if your teams hurt. We don't care if none of your top receivers are, are there. We don't care if your knee hurts. We just trying to get a W. So I apologize for none of those missed field goals. I'm never the guy that will sit back and say, well, if you look at these, it would have beat us because, you know, to me, again, nothing equals the other, other thing. And you can never do that. If what ifs and buts, I mean, whatever happened happened. Um, so yeah, all those people are garbage that are doing that. And, and to me, I had to write on a big forum. I think I was watching one of the press conferences, the one of the Matt Pat pressers. I just wrote in the forum, why do you guys sign on to watch the Matt Pat Presser just to dog the Lions and to be all negative? Like, oh, they were lucky to win against the Packers. Oh, they'll be, uh, they'll be two and and 14 or whatever it's like just go away I, I told him I said just go do something else with your lives if you're gonna be that negative I mean I had to listen to two days of sports radio of people trying to come up with why the Lions should have lost to the Packers why Aaron Rodgers almost beat us why if all those field goals go in we lose like man every time somebody starts down that path man I just I either got to find a a, a universal mute button or i want to change the channel because why be a fan of a team if you're just going to garbage on them when they win and play pretty well
1: right because if the score of a football game is different you're going to play it different i mean yeah if if it's one of those things where you know the clock's on your side and you can run a little conservative offense and not turn the ball over it's like what is it um they're in the fourth quarter where the lions were kind of was it uh They had a, what is it? They had like a long third down and they just ran a draw play or something like that. Yeah, but they were up by like two scores, you know? So, yeah, I mean, Chris Bielman's right. That's the right play. They're not getting, you know, you're not looking to turn it over. You're right. Why would you, I mean, now don't get me wrong. Now, if it's something like where the Lions are tied, you know, they still might run the same play and hope their defense shows up. If they're down by seven. Yeah, then they might run something to try to get the first down. That's, I mean, that's where the score all comes into it. So to say like, oh, if all those field goals are made, the extra point they lose. Well, I'm betting the Lions are doing something a little different on offense and playing a little different defense as opposed to, you know, if the game's like a two a two score game. So you're right. That's like such crap when they say like, oh, they got lucky to beat them. They got lucky. To, well, I, you know, like last year they swept them. Well, if they would had Aaron Rodgers and you know, who cares? I don't care. The Lions have won three in a row in the stat. They haven't done that since 90, 91. you know, beat the Packers three times in a row, 90, 91. And how come it is like everybody's the Lions are always lucky to beat somebody. How come nobody's ever lucky to beat the lions? You know, it's always like, it's, it's always that way. It's just, um, I mean, you remember the NBA finals yeah. where Chauncey and the gang beat the Lakers. And all I could watch was like on ESPN and everything was just like, well, why'd the Lakers lose? Well, I don't know. How come, how come it wasn't, how come the Pistons won? You know, it's always like, how'd the Lakers lose this? Yeah. Well, you're right. They had a bunch of old superstars, you know, that were past their prime. And uh, you know, the, the Pistons had a team. Well, how come the Packers lost? I don't know. Maybe because their quarterback had a bulky knee and he's so used and he took the Lions for granted. You know, that's on them. That's not on Detroit. You know, so <laughs> you know, I hate that crap.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I mean, I know I know it's not the Kool-Aid drinkers out there and all the great listeners of the show, but I mean, to me, it's just bush league. For the fans to boo that play where we're just running it so we can punt. I mean, your team's played well. I think we're what? Are we up 10 or 14 or more at that point? You're booing your home team for a smart play. Yeah, that was They're 11. To that, win was the a, game. that was like, 11. Me, that's people game that.
1: That happened. So, yeah, it's a two. Yeah, technically it's two possession, but they still need to get the two point conversion, which was probably been easier that game as opposed to having Mason Crosby trying to kick up, you know, an extra point. But still, I mean, that's you're, you're, you're having to run another offensive play to get two points as opposed to, you know, where an extra point should at least
0: be some sort right. of a gimme. But let's just focus and tell the people out there, again, I, I speak the positivity, you know, I have to reel you in sometimes, but, like, our crowd is, like, known for doing this on, like you know, booing sometimes justified. And again, if, if our team comes out like they did against the jets, I got no problem with people booing the team, but when we're winning against a division rival against a game, most people didn't think we'd win. We're up 11 with a less than five minutes or so left in the fourth quarter. And you're booing the team. I mean, to me, that's, that's just garbage, unexcusable type stuff, or you don't know the game. Yeah. So you're not a true fan. So like, we gotta be better at that and don't, Don't boo the team in those situations when they're doing okay, and then be the loudest crowd in the NFC North Mm. when we're rocking and rolling. I mean, that's what frustrates me is it's a heck of a place in there when they're doing well, but here comes one bump in the road and you got people walking out to get food. you got booze Yeah, it's 3rd and 15,
1: so what? Like Stafford's going to tell everybody to run stick routes? I mean, go get the first down. We need this to keep the chains moving. Then he throws a pick. It's like, oh, my gosh, what's he doing? Why are they running that play? Why don't they just run the draw play or something? Oh, god. You know, yeah, you just you can't you can't please yeah. everybody. Yeah, you know this isn't this isn't technical, that's my other thing. It's the, you know, it's where you the, can just throw it up to like you know, where you just have Bo Jackson run the 99-yard touchdown. I mean, it's just come on, you know, this is like real stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can't have it both ways. Grifco, why was that football always so huge in Tecmo Bowl when you throw it? It was like this. I mean, it's the biggest I know, football it was like of all. A five time. yard
1: football when you threw it through a forty yard pass. It was like, oh, it just <laughs> like, shows how it goes up in the air. It's like, what is he throwing a rainbow? Damn Marino throws freaking rockets out there, and like they're making it look like he's just like a little kid just gunning it in the air as far as he can. You know, it's just funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was always bigger than the players. This big old uh, uh, half moon football. Uh, game actually, but, um, I love that game. That, yeah, yeah, we could we could do a whole five ten minutes on those classics. But let me uh, let me ask you this. So, I asked a few friends this, and I got their replies. But I'll ask you, Griff, on the show. Is it just me, or when on Johnson turned the corner? I mean, I jumped out of my seat. He had some juice. He moved the chains a couple times on some runs around the corner there. There was one time he ran one up the middle where he, he came in with such speed and made like two or three jump cut moves. Even He only got like a handful of yards or less, but it was one of the best short little runs I had ever seen by a Lions running back. I mean, is it just me or has this guy got something special with that extra gear he seems to have that uh, we keep seeing? Yeah, like
1: I, I would have to agree. What Actually, what – kind of amazed me was on that first drive you know was it uh first down play it was like an incomplete pass or no gain or something and all i can think to myself is like great second and long we're gonna like run it up the middle you know for no game because that's that's generally what the playbook is you know that's 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 everybody though that's not just the lions you know what happens they give it to carry on and yet you bust it outside and you know bust it off for like almost a first down it's just like whoa you know, I'm just like, cause it's something we haven't seen, and it was just always like, oh, play up the middle, you know, for like no gain or a two yard gain and it's third and long. No, he was able to, you know, he looked there was no hole out there, and he busted it out beyond, you know, around Taylor Decker, and he gets to the outside and he gets nine yards out of it. That's just that was just something that was just like, whoa, that that's awesome. So uh, yeah, we haven't is we haven't had a, yeah. a a running back like with a burst like that since probably job at best, but obviously job at best, you know, he couldn't really go up the middle without getting a concussion. So, um, yeah, it's nice to have a running back like that, that can either take it outside and he's not always looking to bounce it outside. It always seems like a lot of rookie running backs are always looking to like, remember Kevin Jones did that at all the time. He was fast and he could do it in college, but you know, you can't do that in the pros and Kevin Jones always, he never wanted to run up the middle. He always was looking to get out around the tackle and, uh, Carry on Johnson's more than happy to run up the middle, but when he needs to, and there's no hole there, he's got the vision to bounce it outside, so pretty happy about that.
0: Yeah, I uh, I just want to hint on, I think it was the third quarter, it was even that play he, he got injured on. I mean, to me, there wasn't much. I don't know if the play was supposed to go up the middle or what, but when he stopped his feet, I mean, that's what they said about him coming into the draft was, he kind of had a little bit of that running like Le'Veon Bell where you kind of slow pace it at the line and then you see it and go. I mean, he saw a thing to the corner. and I mean, he outran a couple linebackers and and not didn't get like two or three yards. I mean, he got at least uh, eight to 12 on those runs that I remember. And I thought not only were those chain movers, I mean – a guy this young with his kind of size to and ability to catch the ball. I mean, to me, I just, like I said, I, I jumped out of my chair and I was like, wow, you know, what a great way to move the sticks late in the game when we needed it. So I, th- I thought that was big. And, and Grifka, I mean, one other big thing I want to hit on with this game is I almost wrote you, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to break our streak uh, is when, they came out in the second half. You knew Aaron Rodgers was going to get those garbage yards. I mean, you could have wrote it on paper. I remember last podcast saying there's no way you hold this guy under 20-plus points. I mean, you knew he's going to come out, wing it around, get some of these cheap yards while we're not playing D. And he's gonna stat line is going to look good. And I figured they were, he's he's going to give him a chance to, you know, think he's going to win, which he did. He sort of got a couple touchdowns. Uh-oh, the Lions, you know – You got to, you know, the announcing, we don't want to get on the announcers. Oh my goodness. Just not Spielman, but uh, Brenneman was absolute trash again with just like, he's just praying up there that the lions lose. So he can talk about Aaron Rodgers and another, you know, one of those moments, but back to the point. So, so Aaron Rodgers having this comeback, I think we're down. No, no, we're not down. We're up, uh, you know, 10. I think it might've been, uh, two scores, like you say. And, uh, everybody's thinking, oh, man, you know, here we go. And I felt like our offense, that next drive, I was about to write Griffin say, here's where we step up and we go down and get not a field goal, a touchdown, and, and, and keep that separation. Sure enough, man, right down the field, boom. I want to say that was the the Kenny G touchdown late in the third there or whatever, but um, that, was, that was great to see. That was one of those moments where you could have folded, you could have um, – Ben, what a lot of those people like to talk about are they going to find a way to lose it? Nope. Shoved it right down their face, touchdown, and then was able to just play pretty solid the rest of the game and hold them off. I mean, the score looked a lot better than it was in my
1: Yeah, it opinion. seemed like a lot of the game, the Lions just dominated, but. Even like they said, they were like, like you said, your homeboy Tom Brennan just kept talking about the yardage difference. It's just like, the Packers have this amount. The Lions have like negative 10 halfway through the fourth quarter. How are they losing this game? You know, it was just like. Yeah, we got it. The Lions had short drives. I mean, I got it. I couldn't help, it. the defense showed up, got some turnovers. You know, we're sorry. I, that's another thing I hate when people do It's like, well, look at the yardage difference, you know, look at this. Well, okay. What'd you want him to do? Like, let him just drive down the field and then like, you know, was it recover a fumble and run it down to your own two yard line so you can put some massive drive together. No, I mean, just who cares that they had a short field go score. God, that's another thing that bugs me when people do that crap. Yeah. But, um, the answer was huge on that because, to be honest with you, I was starting to get that feeling. It's like, gosh, he's got his mojo, you know, and they're starting to, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, we have talked about Aaron Rodgers. We both can't stand him, but he seems to be like comes up with some magic against the Lions at some point. So to go down and just drive down and just jam it down their throat to put it back up to a two-score game, um, that was uh, that was pretty big. I mean, so that was uh, – I really liked that because I think it was like at 24-14 when that happened and it's just uh they kicked off and then um and then uh Detroit went down and scored again so uh that one you know kind of put it out of reach right there so I was pretty happy about that
0: yeah. Big, big, big play in the game. So, so Griffo, we've kind of t- talked about it. again, uh, Kool-Aid drinkers out there. We don't, we don't go play by play. We don't take you necessarily in sequence throughout the game. We know that you guys watch the game. You got your own takes. I mean, it's just me and Griff going back and forth, having takes on this game. And we couldn't be more hyped for this victory. I mean, this is a division victory. This is as Grifco. I mean, hey, Grifco, do you have like a research department or what? You pulled that 1991 number. I mean, you got people working for you over there because that was a heck of a stat pull. But um, all I know is, yeah, three wins in a row versus the Packers. No matter how you get them, I could care less. That's a great stat and a great thing to sort of hang your hat on. And uh, like I say, it's a division win. All the players and people saying, hey, it kind of counts as two to me. That's taking care of home. That's getting a W when you need it. It's a heck of a kick in the butt heading into the bye week, keeping everybody's heads up and keeping those players motivated. And uh, I don't see why we don't come out, this, out of the bye uh, with some mojo and, and getting ready to rock. So I loved it.
1: Yeah, that was a, it's a big momentum boost, you're right, because uh, two and three looks a lot better than one and four. One and four is almost uh, one of those things where you're just hanging by a thread and you have to have some stuff happen for you. I'm hearing a lot of things like people are like, you know, you know, they're tough schedule. They're not going to make the playoffs. A lot of people are like all oh, four wins, but you know, something like that, you know, it is the Packers. I mean, that can give your team an awful lot of confidence going into a buy, you know, getting some guys healthy, you know, going to play a Miami team who's not totally terrible, you know, uh, but uh, you know, getting a good rest. I mean, I realize it's early I, for some odd reason. I'm one of those guys that I always likes at least a midway to late, um, by week myself, but I mean, maybe it's good for this team right here where it's at to, uh, you know, have an early bye week. So I'm pretty happy with this, uh, big W.
0: Oh man, it's huge. And again, they always say, let's just win the division. I mean, you beat the Packers and then if you can come out of the bye, get a win and then have that showdown with the Vikings. I mean, basically it's all about winning your division games first and foremost. So, I mean, it's absolutely huge. So um, again, great, great victory. I thought it was a solid performance by everybody. Even like you said, even if stats was a big thing, you know, really had great plays on all different levels, a lot from a lot of our young guys as well, which is always good to see. So we'll chalk that up and Aaron Rodgers and your boy, Mike McCarthy can go back and uh, can, can cry about it and think about it and uh, we'll see them in green Bay at the end of the year. And, and hopefully like you say, we're ready to go for that one because hopefully it'll be a biggie. So, Griffka, with that being said, uh, I I want to hit on, you know, we don't really have a bunch of questions that we'll get into today, but one thing I want to talk about is we had talked about the offense getting going, you know, why they were sluggish, why they couldn't get going until the fourth quarter. I felt like this game, you know, not only did we put up a nice point total in the first half, but I felt because of what you hear me preach about, turnovers man I felt like we were finding ways however they came turning the ball over in different ways um what do you think was the reason that we were able to put up what was it 24 in the first half Uh, I believe
1: one I mean the Packers miscues but two I think that this team realized that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers can throw up points I just threw up a whole bunch the week before against Buffalo. So I think the offense had to realize it was just like, we can't play this one conservative. The offense is going to have to come out and score. Like we had talked about, they were going to have to throw up some points because the defense wasn't going to win this one. Um, even though the defense, you know, did get some sacks and, you know, a couple turnovers, but uh that was something where they needed to come out hot. And I think the offense just, once again, maybe a little bit of their pride was, you know, called into question. You know, it's like, you guys, we're you're going to have to ride your back on this week to beat the Packers in that potent offense. So, you know, this is what we have to do. And that's, you know, maybe that's why. Maybe, like I said, the pride was called into it a little bit.
0: Man, I agree with you there. I think – I think to me, I mean, I just saw a little bit of a different team from, again, that energy perspective. I even saw Matt Stafford sort of gathering his guys up, you know, being a little more outgoing, both on the sideline and on the field. One play we didn't talk about sort of in the review, Grifka, and this is one of my top 10 Lions plays in the last little while that I can remember. How sweet was that Okwara sack where he's coming from the right defensive end? You know, Aaron Rodgers thinks he's just going to cruise out to the right side and coast along and tell his guys where to go. And you see this beast that we picked up from the uh, New York Giants. Nobody knew who he was. This guy's playing tons of snaps, making plays. He's just hunting down 12, and he just chops his arm off, ball out. I'm yelling, fumble, picking it up, short field, as you said, and putting it in the end zone. I mean, to me, that type of defense, that kind of ball hawking turnover defense and the offense being able to then turn that into um, pro- production was, was another reason for both the fast start and for the points going up on the board. Yeah,
1: that was a, that was a great sack. And uh, like, um, I mean, love listening to Chris Bielman call a game, not because he just played for the lions and he's one of my favorite lines of all time, but that guy gives some really, really poignant talk as, as a color man, as opposed to some of the guys we've listened to. And like you said, it's just like he, You know, a car came around and and as he goes, instead of looking for the kill shot, he did the right thing. He like grabbed his shoulder, put his hand on his shoulder so he couldn't move and then did the chop to knock the ball out of his hand. And that's, it's a great way to teach a sack. It seems like you don't, you don't get that a whole lot, especially, you know, you're like you said, it seems like a lot of guys are just looking to knock the quarterback out and you're like, you know, they're, uh, they're almost kind of expecting to get hit from the back and maybe Aaron Rodgers was getting a little you know, lackadaisical with it because, Oh, I'm just going to roll out. I've done this a thousand times against Detroit, but somebody was there to you know, make the play. Like, you know, mm-hmm. put his hand on the shoulder pad to hold him in place and then just do the karate chop to knock the ball out. So, you know, that's a, uh, you know, Deshaun hand did against, did that, you know, the same thing against Dallas the week before, and there was just nobody there to get the fumble. But, um, I don't know who's teaching them that, but, uh, you know, that's it's – a, it's a great technique, and I know they do teach it because we've actually seen them do that in training camp before, but it just always seems like when somebody's coming from behind to do the sack, you're just looking for some guy to put his shoulder into the guy's small of his back and just, you know, break the guy in two as opposed to, like, you know, knocking the ball out, you know, and getting a strip sack. So that's a big play.
0: Yeah. It it was absolutely huge, and Deshaun Hand, again, we don't want to forget him on the show. This guy showed up large again he had another strip. I mean, this was incredible. Griffo. Again, got me off my couch. Unbelievable play. A sack, strip, and a recovery all by the same person. It's by that rookie that I know I had some high thoughts on him. Uh, you know, you had spoke well of him. And, man, he's been he's been producing. So, like, when I'm talking about this fast start, I mean, most people think, well, why aren't you guys, like, focusing on the offense? Well, to me – the defense getting these turnovers and being more aggressive. And as you just said, being smart, like not just getting the tackle, not just being happy to knock the ball out, getting, I mean, Deshaun hand on that recovery. he, he, he saw that ball out quick and he got off his butt and got, got that thing. Like to me, that was, that was a great play. I mean, not too many times do you see a guy sack, strip it and get it. And you got to be on your P's and Q's and be hustling to do that. So I loved it. Uh, so defense and offense both have to f- start fast. Both have to be explosive. Meaning like the offense have some of those shot plays. Like we saw to, uh, to Kenny, uh that was called back and to others, and uh, the defense too cannot just uh, bend but don't break all day. They got to make sack fumbles, they got to pick the ball off, and they got to be aggressive. So I think that was a reason for the fast start on both sides of the ball. Grifka, can they keep this going moving yeah, forward? Yeah, um,
1: I believe they can. You know, that's a big confidence one right here. Now, was it uh, three of the next? Was it uh, what was it three in the next five or something right here? They have a stretch where the like more the next the next round of games is on the road so and um they have have some some stiff competition coming up here so that that's the hard part can you know can they keep it up i mean we think that they beat the best two teams on their schedule so far you know why wouldn't they be able to keep this going and uh you know we can talk about the dolphins game here we'll probably end up talking about that you know in a couple podcasts you know from now on how we feel about that but yeah i believe they can keep this going um like I said, hopefully the team is starting to buy into what, you know, Matt Church is preaching and, you know, starting to win over some of those guys. And, they you know, they can keep this going. They can see, like, the team's coming up on their schedule and say, yeah, we can play with these guys, you know. Uh, we can beat these guys, you know. We beat the Patriots. We beat the Packers, you know. Uh, you know, hopefully it's one of those things where, you know, they have that mojo like they do at home. And they can go take it on the road then in the next few weeks.
0: That's the thing. I mean, the two wins against who we beat is, I think is, is really more than just, you know, one victory, both, um, from a confidence level and just, a you know, a looking forward standpoint. I mean, the people love it, Grifko, you know, our next podcast is coming Friday morning. First thing usually drops on iTunes at 6am or so. Um, we'll be talking about that, uh, Dolphins game, sort of given uh, our early thoughts, and then we'll get into it more uh, because uh, I kind of forgot it here. The, the boys do have a, do, a week off and they uh, be healing up and getting ready to go. But yeah, Dolphins, Seahawks, Vikings, uh, Bears and Panthers. I mean, come on, like that's a stretch where you can make some hay if you stay healthy and if you um, got that juice that they need, so I love it. The only other thing I wanted to talk about here, could, before we shut it down, is uh, I felt like this was one of those games where Stafford played well. The numbers didn't look that good, but he made throws. He had a couple biggies called back that would amaze numbers. And to me, it's all about the W. I mean, if you feel like for years we've seen 400 yards that didn't mean anything, we've seen comebacks that fell short or or, or worked like. I don't care if he throws for 200 or 350 and as long as we win, I mean, hand the ball off, make smart plays, lead your team. I mean, yeah, I love it when he's making plays all over the field, but I didn't care when I saw his stat line, I said, Hey, he didn't really do much. And we still put up 31 on the Packers and we still came away with a great W. I mean, what if he does show out? So I think you got to hang your hat a little bit on that, 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 he didn't blow up with numbers and it wasn't all on our quarterback and and we still got the job done. Yeah. That's the um,
1: way I look at it as well. I mean, I think it means something for them to have more of a running game where Stafford doesn't have to do everything. Like you said, part of it was, you know, the short field. Some of it was having the touchdowns called back. Um, I think one of them was what Marvin Jones had one in the end zone, but it would have been kind of like one of those miraculous catches and um, he ended up, you know, dropping the ball, but still in, you know having a run game to at least put you know take take some pressure off stafford you know was is, is huge so him not having to have you know like you said throw 400 yards five touchdowns every game you know uh, it's nice to it's nice where he can just turn around hand the ball off to you know uh you know carry on or LeGarrette blunt you know and uh have them guys get some tough yards for the team
0: yeah Yep, so love the energy, love the mojo, love both sides of the ball, being more aggressive, and and it just felt like a better football game. I mean, this was one, you know, I didn't want to hear any friends or anybody saying uh, anything negative because I felt like this was a game. I never felt like Aaron Rodgers was going to do some miraculous comeback. I didn't feel like the Lions were going to totally fall short. You know, it was nice to see them not coming back, holding a lead, taking a lead early, all the things we talk about. So, again, I love this game from top to bottom. I love the victory. I mean, there's nothing but uh, Kool-Aid being drank over here and uh, going in the bye week, it feels good. Let's heal up a little bit. And, uh, man, I would absolutely love it if they came out of the gate smoking after the bye week down in Miami and then went on a little bit of a run, totally turned this around. So I could then hear all the, all the haters, see what they got to say then. So that's what I'm hoping for. Grifka again, we're taking a bye week on our questions here. Uh, we usually finish that out and uh, I don't have too much else to say, man. Great W shredded, some cheese, some Swiss, some Gargonzola, some goat cheese and a uh, good old 12 can take that loss and shove it. So I'm, I, there's nothing better than seeing that smug, um, Guy on the other side, there have to take a big loss. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm
1: glad they were able to wipe that smug look off his face, at least for one week.
0: Yeah. So, everybody out there, thank you for listening. We, you know, at this time, we always tell you to please uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review, uh, hit us up on that email, det underscore Kool-Aid um, at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, just. Check us out on all the different forums or just uh, make sure that you are uh, listening every week. We love uh, everybody checking it out. We love talking lines. And uh, as Griffka said, I mean, we'll be coming back to you this week with a second show, but we also are in the bye week So we'll tease and talk about some dolphins and we will uh, definitely get geared up for uh, next week when they'll be back in game week situations. So, um, you know, again, Everybody get excited about this team. You know, we're not there by any means. We've got a lot to fix, but uh, always good to take a W, and uh, no reason they can't keep this going. So, everybody drink it in. We'll check you. Check us Friday. Friday morning, dropping another podcast here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Everybody, check you later. Pack the bags. Start the plane. This game is over. What a comeback by the Lions! Drink it in, man!